You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not the Wrestling Podcast. CJ Palmasano here. And uh, flying solo uh, this week. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed our previous episode of the Top 10 Revival Dream Matches. Uh, that was myself and my good friend John Cummings, good friend of the podcast. Uh, hope you're all staying safe. Hope you're all doing well uh, in this never-ending quarantine it seems like uh just remember that this is gonna end at some point and if you can hear some extra sound around me in my uh little workspace area i recently got myself an audio interface so now i can hear myself while i do this podcast and it's picked up a lot of other things uh that my mic can pick up now i don't know if that's something that because of the audio interface something i never realized i don't know i'm not that smart when it comes to this kind of shit but i'm learning anyway so it was a dark day to say the least this past um wednesday in wwe um what will forever be known as black wednesday um a list of WWE superstars, staff, uh, have been released from the company or furloughed, meaning they'll be able to come back uh, hopefully in the future. But the list of talent that were released this week, uh, officially released, what I have here, Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Heath Slater, Aiden English, Eric Young, EC3, Leo Rush, Kurt Angle, Sarah Logan, Mike Chioda, Primo and Epico, Rowan, Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis, Zack Ryder, No Way Jose, Deanna Peruzzo, Perazzo, Alexander Jasic, he was uh, NXT talent who didn't really get to uh, be on NXT TV just yet, and the saddest one for me personally, uh, Rusev. So all of these people that I just mentioned are officially uh, gone from the company. They have been released. Um, there are some others who were on furlough. Um, I was trying to find the list of the people. couldn't find everybody, but I know Fit Finley was one of them. Uh, Serena Deeb was another. Um, she was a... Um, uh, she was a trainer in the dump in the company. Uh, I think Ace Steel was released as well. Pat Buck. Um, these people were mostly just producers, um, how uh, working on house shows and all that. And with house shows not really happening right now, um, they don't necessarily need them to be there with no audiences or anything. And even though they cut a lot of their house show uh, house shows too, because. Nobody was coming. Not a lot of people. Not enough people were coming. I should say. Um, this was uh, a shock, to say the least. Um, in the times of what we're in the world we're living right now, it really doesn't seem appropriate to let go of so many people now. Sean and I were texting each other the other day when this happened, and you know I was letting him know everything and it was at first it was Gallows and Anderson EC3 Drake Maverick and a few others I'm like oh dude look they got released and you know and he's like oh you know what happens it kind of happens after Mania I'm like it hasn't happened in a long time and it and the list just kept growing and growing and growing and I'm like it hasn't happened to this extent we were just completely shocked um you know I was um playing some video games the other day with some friends of mine on a discord server I'm on and one of the guys that I'm uh I'm on there with and he's talking he's like uh CJ you were the one who's a wrestling fan right I'm like yeah it's me he's like what's with all the people in WWE that got released like I saw it trending on Twitter I didn't really get to explain it too much but um 
but from what I can see, it was a way for WWE to more or less save money um, to kind of make themselves look good in a way. Um, there was something I was tagged in the other night, which I'm going to pull up in just a moment. Um, and I have it right here. So this is something that um, that my sister actually uh, tagged me in on Facebook. For those who don't follow WWE, WWE has fired at least 40 plus employees this afternoon. WWE has more than $500 million in reserve, plus an additional $140 million by postponing their headquarters move to Stanford, from Stanford, Connecticut. Excuse me. That's a $640 million, $640 million sitting in the bank account. The operating contracts of the people they fired are less than $4 million a month. Uh, apparently, Meltzer said that, uh, discrediting this, saying that they would be saving, I think, $750,000 a month. But, you know, they still let them go during a pandemic. Um, says one of the employees who pledged $20,000 of their own money to help pay staff without uh, without pay when this pandemic began. Uh, that employee being Rusev. Rusev gave money out of his own bank account to uh, pay WWE employees, like, I, I assume people who, were like, you know, travel the roads to put the stage and the ring and all that together uh, out of his own pocket, and that just shows what a stand-up guy Rusev is, and he's one of those people who was released. Um, another employee who had a child last week, um, I believe that's Maria Kanellis. Like, she recently just gave birth, her and Mike gave birth to her their son. Um, these people didn't even have, continuing the quote here, these people didn't even have a, a meeting or phone calls. They received text messages informing them they were being terminated. I don't know how much of that is actually true. This simply being done for investors' stock and to keep uh, to keep year-end profits looking strong. Literally, the whole thing is to maintain profit margins for stockholders. If you insist in the middle of a global pandemic is to cut low-level employees to ensure your profit margin remains really high for Wall Street... And so you don't do dip into the figures reserves. You're a terrible company. I won't support your. I won't support. I won't be supportive of it any longer. And so is this person canceling their WWE Network subscription. Um, yeah, just going back and forth with this. It's it's a lot of controversy. Um. A lot of controversy. What's going on right now in the WWE, in the world of pro wrestling, and it's the world in general. Um, there are a lot of companies out there, you know, who have been laying people off and letting people go, who can't necessarily afford to keep them. Um, you know, I know that um, my uh, I know that people uh, friends. Who are who have hourly jobs, uh, you know, are laid off, but they are going to be able to apply again and get rehired. It's just in the current state right now, depending on the of the profession or the position of the job, people aren't really allowed to go places like um, teachers. I know some uh, friends of a uh, friend of mine who was uh, laid off. Because uh, she was hourly, and they couldn't afford to keep her. Um, it, uh, it it just makes me appreciate that I have a job of my full time gig, where I'm still being paid, and I can still, you know, have something to come back to when we come back. And um, it's they are scary times, but what everybody has to remember is that you know we will get out of this, and things are have been starting to improve uh, just keep the social distancing social distancing keep doing that and six feet apart and washing your hands and you know all these things but anyway getting back to the real uh, topic here it I really had to think about this and I understand from from a company standpoint, what they're doing, but it doesn't mean I don't. I like it. A lot of people, 
a lot of people lost their jobs the other day. A lot of people are losing their jobs in the world, in the country. With a company like WWE, who makes millions of dollars, who may, they have many different forms of revenue over the years, cutting these people does not make you look good. If you don't want to have such bad publicity in the mainstream world, you don't let people go in the middle of a global pandemic. Granted, a lot of the people I mentioned in that list, they haven't really been used on television. I mean, sure, a lot of them haven't been used on television. I know that some are going to take advantage of this. I uh, saw that Carl Anderson put up a video on his Twitter page. And uh, it was just a video. It said, uh, I think somewhere in California, wherever he lives. I don't know where. Santa Monica. Yeah, Santa Monica, California. Uh, to Tokyo, Japan. And that is a big indication that Carl Anderson is making a tease to go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, Gallows and Anderson were from New Japan Pro Wrestling before coming to the WWE. Uh, Gallows being um, coming back Anderson for his first time. Carl Anderson, to me, being one of the most underrated wrestlers in uh, the entire world because if anybody watched his stuff in New Japan Pro Wrestling, the guy is so damn good. And... Um, it sucks that him and uh, Gallows didn't really get their proper due in the company, but those are two guys who are uh, more or less kind of safe when it comes to this whole thing because they've made their money over the years and in Japan with the Bullet Club and uh, all these other avenues and the WWE, they're, they're going to be fine. You know, there are other people out there who have been taking it kind of hard like uh, Drake Maverick. If you haven't seen uh, Drake Maverick's, uh, you know, emotional video he put up on Twitter, uh, it's 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 just so sad. Uh, I really feel for for Drake Maverick. He, um, you know, was just saying that he uh, he has um, he was said he had gotten off the phone with uh, Mark Carano from WWE, saying that he had been released, but he is still going to be able to work the interim cruiserweight uh, tournament that they have going on, uh, which he's saying he'd be uh, these next three matches I mean, might might be his last. Um, so makes you think he's going to go pretty far in the tournament. And um, I guess he he said he was one of those guys who didn't take this whole coronavirus thing seriously at the start and now it's it's a lot different it's much more dangerous and much more um serious the guy was just tearing up and he's crying and he, you know he is feel like his world was com- coming and crashing down on him i um not to say that i've been a fan of drake maverick or a rock star spud even. I didn't even really know too much about him before he came to WWE. I knew I was aware of him here and there. And I'd say I was a I was a big fan of his when he came to WWE. Not that I hated the guy either. I thought he was entertaining and funny, but this really made me feel for the guy. Uh he really is entertaining and a funny funny uh person. And to see someone who works so hard to get to a place like WWE and to Lose your job in a situation like this really, really sucks. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there who are similar. You know, uh, Kurt Hawkins said some on Twitter, somewhere along the lines of, last time I got fired, I made a joke about being fired. Now is not really necessarily the time to make that. Uh, somewhere along those lines, I'm paraphrasing. Um, Zack Ryder put up a, um, a, uh, it was a painted picture. Um, of when he won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania 32. When, um, after he had climbed down the ladder, his dad was in the ring, he came in and was hugging him. Um, 
Um, apparently, I'm not sure who it was. I think it was Miz who got his dad or somebody. Somebody got his dad from the crowd or, or maybe it was Cody because Cody posted, Cody Rhodes posted something too. Um, but I remember watching that moment. Um, I remember I, I didn't watch WrestleMania 32 live all the way, but I did catch, um, the ladder match. I remember at the time I was um, I was working at Medieval Times. I was a bartender. I was waiting for some friends because we were going to go out to some restaurant afterwards, and um, I was watching the ladder match on my phone, and it was still such a great opening match for WrestleMania. One of the best opening Mania matches. One of the best ladder matches in its history. And I remember I was watching with a friend of mine who didn't watch wrestling, but we were both like, oh my God, Like the match is so good. And then of all the people, Zack Ryder winning it, like winning the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. And then his dad's in the ring there with him hugging him. Um, Zack Ryder's another guy who just got over on his own. And apparently there are some things that people don't like about that, you know, in the company that they don't like that they get over on their own. But I was always a fan of Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, the tag team, ever since I was a little kid. And seeing them win the tag team titles at last year's WrestleMania from the Revival, whether it be the pre-show or not, it was WrestleMania, and I was, like, all amped up and ready for it because I, I really liked them as a kid. When I was tag, they, were, um, they were a tag team. I, I really did. And they were, you know, Major Brothers, uh, the Edgeheads. Uh, I just, I really enjoyed their stuff. And they had a, they have a really great underrated theme song in the middle of it. You get a chance, listen to that. Go on YouTube, go on Spotify, see if you can find it in the middle of it now. Uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder's original theme song, which I was hoping they'd come out for, but they didn't. <laughs> I don't think too many people remember it. Um, but seeing them win the, uh, the titles at Mania was really cool and a really great moment. And a guy like Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins too. Hawkins was on the one of the indie scenes when the first time he got fired, so he'll be fine. Um and Zack Ryder too. Like already I see he has a shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, I'm not there. And it's already I think the number one seller in Pro Wrestling Tees. So Zack Ryder's already taking advantage of a really good opportunity. And he's a guy who I always thought that could really benefit from leaving WWE and going somewhere else. And that leads to, uh, you know, there are really isn't anywhere else these guys and girls can go. Because um, as great as it is for a lot of these, well, not great, but it sucks that these people have to, they've lost their jobs and the the wrestling business is healthy that people will be able to find places to work. There's AEW, there's New Japan Pro Wrestling, there's Ring of Honor, there's Impact, you know, AAA, CMLL, all these companies out there where you can go and work. You know, the independent wrestling scene is, uh, I mean, on a hiatus, but it's but the indie scene wrestling is really good. It's been good for the past number of years, the best it's ever been. And... I think that a lot of these guys will bounce on, will get back on their feet, you know. Um, Deanna Perrazzo w- tweeted, seem, it w- uh, seemingly tweeted that, I don't think it was officially announced that she was um, released from the company, but she had put out something on Twitter pretty much saying that she was. Saying, uh, but she was taking it better because she was one of those people who was very frustrated with her position on the card. Uh, She may have been used a handful of times on NXT TV. And that's a damn shame because Deanna Perrazzo is fantastic. She is absolutely fantastic. Um, I saw her wrestle Bianca Belair at um, like the tapings, like when, when takeovers used to be ta- uh when takeovers were still happening, when uh, they taped NXT, they would tape uh, a quote unquote episode of NXT 
that would happen the following, like that Wednesday, um, because they weren't at full sale. And you know those those NXT shows were always weird. I could never watch them because it was always like, oh, amazing takeover. I'm like, you didn't even see it yet. But it, she wrestled uh, Bianca Belair, and I, um, I, I, I was like, oh my god, Bianca Perazzo. Uh and she was great in the Mae Young Classic that year. Um, and I had also seen her wrestle in Ring of Honor uh, one time. So I'm a, I'm aware of who she's been and how far she's come. Uh, she's also from Jersey too, so. Any wrestler from New Jersey, I will support. Uh, I will support if you're good, you're from Jersey, you're good with me. You know, being from Jersey and everything. Um, I think she's somebody who could really, really benefit. Like, she she's very unique. And there's not too many people who are unique. Only a handful are very unique nowadays. Um, I think Deanna Perrazzo is someone who can you can have in any women's division in any company and you can build it around her and you and you can flourish and the place she should go is AEW in my opinion she can go wherever she wants i mean it's her career it's her life you know she can do what she wants just as a fan and seeing how the women's division AEW is which it's improving it's improving a lot especially with Britt Baker um, I say Deanna Perrazzo, you know, she was, she's friends with Britt Baker. She was going to be at All In before she signed with WWE. She was going to be performing on that show in some capacity. And then she signed with, with WWE to NXT. Now, the the world is hers. And I think she can go very, very far. If if you aren't aware who Deanna Perrazzo is, and if I keep rambling on about her, just look her up. Because if she wasn't as good as... as I say she is, or really just how good she is, I wouldn't be talking about her as much as I am now. So look up some Deanna Perazzo matches on YouTube. You'll be very impressed. Uh, as we go on here, we do have the transcribed phone call, I believe it was, from Vince McMahon to the staff that was let go. This is coming from Fightful.com. And what it says here is, on Wednesday, a video was distributed to WWE employees and talent informing them that the widespread cuts would be incoming. Fightful has obtained video of the call, which lasted just under two minutes. McMahon blamed the the economic instability and stated the following. Quote, thank you all for joining me today. First and foremost, I hope that you and all your families are safe. We're going to go through today. What we're going to going through today is unprecedented, and there's no doubt these are challenging times for everyone. Given the adverse effects of the coronavirus and the resulting financial recession, WWE, like so many companies, have decreased operating expenses effective immediately. We are reducing executive and board member compensation, decreasing talent expenses, cutting the third-party staffing, and consulting and improving our cash flow by delaying the production of our new headquarters for at least six months. Despite all these measures, given the uncertainty we are facing today, unfortunately, we have to temporarily reduce headcount, such as a number of WWE employees will be furloughed from the company today. At the close close of my remarks, employees will receive compensation dealing their individual situations. More specifically, those impacted by furloughs will receive a text from Human Resources with specific information for the next steps. These are not easy decisions, but reflect the reality of the environment we're working in today. We live in a world of troubled times. I'm, I am confident as a company, and most importantly, confident in you as individual employees. We'll pull through these these tough times, come back to work, and make life better than it's ever been. Thank you. This is after the call. Almost immediately following calls, calls started to go out to release talent. Fightful has been told that the cuts were widespread going across many departments from longtime employees to people that most wrestling fans didn't know about. 
some of those longtime employees being uh, Mike Kyoto, uh, referee who was with the company for like 31 years, almost his in, practically his entire adult life. He was with WWE. It, it's it's insane how they let him go. Just one of the best, if not the best referee in pro wrestling. And sometimes you may think, like, great as a referee. How great a referee is in a match is when you don't notice them. That's how great a referee is. When you watch a match and you're not paying attention to them, you're paying attention to the wrestlers in the ring. And all they're there is to call the action. Not call the action, uh, to... To make the pinfall and get the finish. Again, in times like this, where everybody is struggling, you're a company who makes millions upon millions of dollars a year. This does not make you look good in the public eye. And I also read a headline of a news article that WWE are set to uh, announce their new financial standings, I believe the headline said. WWE reportedly set to announce record high revenue next week. Yeah, okay. Announce a record high revenue when you just released all these people. You know, it's 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 stuff like this that makes me question why I still watch WWE. And I always have to remind myself and tell the people who ask me, why do you still watch WWE if they do such th- if they do things like this? They do shady things like this. Because for me, I'm not watching the WWE because of Vince McMahon. I don't watch AEW because of Tony Khan. I watch pro wrestling because I'm a fan of the wrestlers in WWE, in AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, whatever it may be. I watch because I'm a big fan of a guy like Drew McIntyre. I watch because I'm a fan of Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Aleister Black, Bray Wyatt, Daniel Bryan, The New Day, The Usos, Edge. All just the list goes on and on of people who I love to watch. And that's just main roster. You know, NXT, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, the whole Undisputed Era, uh, you know, Walter and Imperium. There's um, there's birds outside. They're living in my air conditioner. If you can hear that, um, you know, there's so many. Uh, just <clears throat> you know, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Rhea Ripley. Now I'm kind of going all over the place, but the point, the fact of the matter is, I watch a wrestling show for the talent. I may not agree with the tactics, or rather decisions that some of these some companies may make I'm not happy with it but I'm not watching it to support the company necessarily I'm watching it to support the wrestlers and because they're so damn good at what they do and I'm entertained by what they do you know and I still have a wrestling podcast and I still need stuff to talk about so I may not watch like every week of all the stuff that goes on. And sometimes I'm behind of things, you know? Life kind of just gets in the way of that. But with everything that's been happening, my whole stand on this thing is that this did not need to happen now. You did not need to let go of so many people. In times like this, you really need to stand together. I mean, 
Ring of Honor apparently have been paying talent who were supposed to make uh, appearances at, the, at some of their canceled shows, like maybe if they're just one-offs or whatever, you know, they're coming in for a tryout or whatever the case may be, they paid them, you know. Um, I've heard that, you know, uh, I believe it was AAA who are trying to start, get back in the swing of things, of uh, doing empty arena shows now. Impact Wrestling was able to find a place and they did like 12 weeks of TV. And apparently Tessa Blanchard won't be a part of that. Won't be part of it until at least July. I mean, again, it kind of sucks you can't have your world champion on your television programming. But given the circumstances, you got to understand. Um... And um, also in the news of wrestling this week, uh, we lost uh, the great Howard Finkel. If you remember Howard Finkel growing up, if you were uh, anywhere between watching the days of Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage to Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, uh, to even John Cena at one point, uh, Howard Finkel being maybe the greatest ring announcer of all time. Um, you know, you'd recognize him when you hear uh, a new World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. It's not a, it's a decent Finkel, Fink uh, impression, I guess. Um, he, he had been sick for a long time. I don't know how long he'd been sick for. I don't know what he had, but uh, it was not coronavirus uh, related. He was already sick. So uh, rest in peace, Fink. Um, you brought a lot of memories to all of us wrestling fans growing up as kids, and we hope that you are up there announcing the greatest matches that we cannot see right now. Right now, you can picture him announcing Eddie Guerrero and Sh- Eddie Guerrero and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, Dusty Rhodes, Ultimate Warrior, and so many other wrestlers we've lost over the years. So rest in peace, Fink. Now to kind of move on with uh, what's happened in um, the weekly TV shows. And uh, so it appears last week on uh, SmackDown, as I'm recording this, it's uh, uh, the uh, 17th, uh, April 17th episode of Friday Night SmackDown has not aired yet. So I'm kind of just going to brush over some things that happened over on uh, on SmackDown. It appears they're setting up Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt, the Fiend Bray Wyatt. When I saw that, I was just like, okay. Are you going to try and make this better by having The Fiend beat Strowman? Because it still doesn't feel right. Not to say that, you know, doesn't feel right that Braun's champion. It's just he's champion at a point where it's like, this should have happened already. Braun Strowman should have already been universal champion. He shouldn't be champion at a because we've we've talked about this. There, there's there was zero zero explanation as to why Roman Reigns from WWE's part why he missed out on WrestleMania. We all know why. We all know why. And we're not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig back into that situation again. But with Wyatt seemingly wanting Braun Strowman wanting the championship back. It's just kind of like, I feel like they're just going to put the title back on The Fiend and be like, okay, here you go, we're sorry. We're sorry put it on Goldberg, but here's 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 The Fiend. Here's the championship back on him. Which I just think they're just going to drop it, where he's going to drop it to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. And as of right now, I think things will get better by August. I think when SummerSlam comes around, I think, you know, we'll be in Boston, we'll be able to have... Uh, SummerSlam and Sean and I have talked about you know they got to try and make SummerSlam feel like the the best SummerSlam ever because we didn't get Mania the way we've always had WrestleMania so hence why they're doing the Hall of Fame uh, that weekend but that's what I think I think they're just going to have Roman and The Fiend uh, at SummerSlam and then The Fiend will drop the title to Roman Reigns at that point the original plan of what they wanted to do for WrestleMania before they put the title on Big Bill Goldberg Um, things happened on Raw Seeing Drew McIntyre with that championship, I, I could see Drew with that championship for a long, long, long time. 
as uh, those of you who have listened to this podcast, I, I am a huge fan of Drew McIntyre. I am so happy for his success. I'm so happy for everything he's accomplished up up until this point. Uh, Drew being one of my favorite wrestlers currently. Um, <clears throat> going around here, I'm uh, going to check. It opened up with Drew McIntyre on Raw this week. And Andrade had interrupted him. So... The match was later made on the night. There's going to be Andrade, U.S. champion versus Drew McIntyre, WWE champion. Throughout the night, um, there were qualifying matches for both the men's and women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, Asuka defeated Ruby Riot to advance for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. MVP, for some reason, announced that there were three more Money in the Bank ladder matches. Um... Uh, for next week, himself versus Apollo Crews, um, Alistair Black versus Austin Theory, and Murphy versus Rey Mysterio. Alistair Black could beat Oni Lorcan, and after the match, Alistair Black says that he plans to get the win next week, which he should. Becky Lynch came out and says that she'll be waiting for whoever wins the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Now moving on to this, Sarah Logan versus... Uh, Shayna Baszler, which, looking back, thinking about this, it'd be that Sarah Logan had beat Shayna Baszler by disqualification after her arm, after getting her arm stomped to qualify for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, for those of you who have watched Shayna Baszler in the past, like myself and Sean, and so many others who have been on this podcast, the arm stomp, Shayna was never disqualified for that. Ever in NXT, she used that to help to, to brutalize her opponents. She never, ever got disqualified. Now apparently she got disqualified. Well, apparently the commentary team's like, well, I don't understand. Why is that disqualification? I don't know if this was meant to get Shayna heat. I don't know what it was. It just kind of makes her look stupid. If this is an illegal move, maybe it doesn't make Shayna stupid. It makes the referee look stupid. You know, go watch the footage. She's used the move before, and no one's ever disqualified her. Again, worried about Shayna Baszler and Raw. Rey Mysterio says he's accomplished a lot in his career, but he's never won the Money in the Bank ladder match, and will be one, and will be the one cashing in this year. But one thing I was very interested to see on Raw this week is that we got a new faction. This is Lena Vega Boys, whatever you want to call them. U.S. Champion Andrade, Angel Garza, and Austin Theory are now a faction. Angel Garza had beaten Tetsu Miles after the match. Garza, Andrade, and Theory beat down Miles. Austin Theory had beaten Akira Tozawa, and they beat down Akira Tozawa after the match as well. Um, you know, I'm really happy about that. I always said like it'd be really cool if you could see uh, Angel Garza and... Uh, Andrade is a tag team. But now having Austin Theory in with this, it really feels like they're going all in with the kid. And Paul Heyman appears to be a big fan of his. And I just I just miss having factions on Raw and SmackDown. I just miss it so much. Uh, these are three really talented guys I think can go very far if booked correctly. And I can really see a great... Just... Again, if booked correctly, they can all be great. But we've seen how WWE can show that not everything can be booked correctly these days. Nia Jax had also qualified for the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match by defeating Kyrie Sane. Well, isn't that just lovely? Uh, Charlotte Flair cut a promo saying that she'll be teaching Io Shirai a lesson and says that everybody eventually bows down to the Queen. Bobby Lashley beat No Way Jose. Also, real quickly on that Sarah Logan point, now that she's been released from the company, she's definitely not going to be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. I don't know. That's unfortunate. Which makes me think they probably didn't think all the way through. It, it, because if they if they knew about these these cuts, they had to have known about these cuts. Then why would you have it that Sarah Logan advances to the Money in the Bank ladder match? That makes no sense to me. 
Viking Raiders defeated Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. The new tag team. They have their own new gear. Um, matches are right. Uh, I just don't like the Ricochet and and Cedric Alexander lost. You just put them together as a tag team, and now they lost. Again, makes me worry about Ricochet and Cedric. Well, it appears I'm not paying attention enough. The participants so far for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match is Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, and Asuka. So I guess Shayna Baszler was deemed unworthy. I'm sorry. Sarah Logan was deemed unworthy to compete, so Shayna Baszler took her place. Again, just made the referee look really stupid making that call. The, ma the night ended with Drew McIntyre versus Andrade with Seth Rollins coming in after the match, hitting a curb stomp on Drew and staring at the title. And it was set for, seemingly seems to be set for Drew McIntyre at Money in the Bank, is he'll be defending the title against Seth Rollins. Um, I like this. I like this a lot. Uh, again, I think Seth Rollins works so much better as a heel. I think he's a good first opponent to have for Drew, you know. He's a staple of the company. He's a company guy. He's been there for years now, and I think him and Seth could have a real uh, Drew and Seth could have a really, really great match, leading into uh, and have a great program throughout the summer. Um, going on here will happen the rest of the week. Uh, NXT, uh, NXT actually got to watch live this week. It was pretty good. Uh, the show opened up with Finn Balor versus Fabian Eichner. In a very good competitive match, the Finn Balor won, and it's uh, set up their feud, his feud against Walter. He was supposed to have a NXT UK Championship match, but that uh, that uh, takeover got canceled. Obviously, we have the start of the NXT Cruiserweight Championship tournament with Akira Tozawa defeating Isaiah Swerve Scott to get the first uh, victory in this tournament. Um, I thought it was kind of like, you know, you win, you advance, the other guy loses, and that's it. Apparently they're doing off a win-loss record. So from what I understand, Isaiah Sword Scott is still in the tournament. And I was surprised that Akira Tozawa got the first victory. But um, these guys, um, they're all right in the match. Uh, there were a few botches here and there. Um, and I was kind of expecting a much better match from them because uh, Swerve Scott and Tozawa are actually very both very good. Um, but who knows? Better luck next time. Uh, Tegan Knox to be Raquel Gonzalez with the help from Shotzi Blackheart, evening the odds, which setting up a tag team match next week of uh, Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart versus Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai next week. The other side, Dexter Loomis beating Tet Two Miles again. This guy Tet Two Miles getting jumped out. Uh, real scary looking dude. Don't know how I feel about this guy just yet, but we'll see. Uh, Velveteen Dreamer called out Adam Cole because apparently we were supposed to get an NXT Championship match against Cole this week, but Adam Cole at his home claiming that he's not, that Velveteen Dream is not good enough for an NXT Championship match. Velveteen Dream's uh, cutting a promo on Adam Cole, and Finn Balor comes down and interrupts. Velveteen Dream made the comment of, "There is one thing about you, Adam Cole, that you may be, that arguably you may be." We probably are the greatest NXT champion of all time. In comes Balor. And the thing is, Balor's music never hit. He just walked out. It's like Velveteen Dream. I've been waiting for you. Been wait, waiting to talk to you. I don't like the things you say. There's a lot of things that are true about Adam Cole. But one thing that's not is him being the greatest NXT champion of all time. Because you're looking at him. Velveteen Dream and Finn Balor was made official for next week when Dream challenged Finn Balor, saying, Bal Prince, how about you pick me up next week at 8 o'clock? The Dream versus the Prince on a date. I can't execute that as well as Velveteen Dream does. That's, that's He's his own kind of person. <laughs> Um, but that's a match I'm very much looking forward to. Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream. And we had a huge debut 
on Wednesday night. With the current situation of the coronavirus, Pete Dunn, unfortunately, can no longer defend the NXT Tag Team Championships with Matt Riddle. So, Matt Riddle got a new partner. The Undisputed Era, consisting of Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish, interesting choices, uh, but I'm sure maybe Kyle O'Reilly didn't want to be there. Maybe he um, probably didn't want to be there because he has diabetes and that's, you know, you're at a higher risk of getting the coronavirus with an underlying illness. So this week it was Strong and Bobby Fish. And right before they came out, Matt Riddle comes out. He's holding both championships. And on the screen, comes Pete Dunne says, I wish I could be there to help defend the NXT Tag Team Championships with my stallion partner, uh, with my partner. But unfortunately, given the circumstances, I can't. But Matt, I'm not leaving you empty-handed. I'm finding you just a great stallion and one of my good friends and one of the toughest SOBs I've ever been in the ring with. Your partner is Timothy Thatcher. Now, Timothy Thatcher is a very popular name in the UK indie scene. Uh, it was reported uh, months ago that he had signed to the company and now he's finally here and he's one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions now with Matt Riddle uh, being the Undisputed Era. Uh, and it was a pretty good match and it really showcased Thatcher and how good he is. Um, I'll be honest, I've, I've heard of him, but I've never really seen anything that he's done before. Uh, this is interesting. And you can tell he's kind of like a big brute kind of guy. Very tough, doesn't like to smile too much, but he, he couldn't hold back but smile. Because now in his first match in WWE, he's one half of the Tag Team Champions in NXT. So you got to imagine that he is just... Uh, that he's just over the moon. And uh, after the match, we were getting uh, a statement from Tommaso Ciampa saying that he is... Uh, the big thing was, will Tommaso Ciampa say that Johnny Gargano is the better man? And Tommaso just has a camera in front of him. He's in a production truck, I think. He's sitting on one of those rolling production things, those black things that carries, like, you know, we carry, like, uh, cameras and stands and all that shit. He, he pretty much says that he's done with Gargano. He's done with Candice. And he says, you're the better man, Johnny. I'm done with both of you. I just want to move on from all of this. And then he gets attacked. The camera goes down. You don't know who it is. He's getting beat up because Champa got grabbed by the waist, seem, seemingly German suplexed. And then Champa falls down, the camera in front of him. Tommaso Champa says that he was the better, that Gargano was the better man. And it was Killer Cross who attacked Tommaso Champa. He just goes over to Champa and says, TikTok. And the show ends. But next it the next one was a black boot. Which seemingly makes me think it's gotta be Killer Cross's wife. Um what the hell's her name? Try to remember. Scarlett Bordeaux. That's it. But Killer Cross's name apparently has now been renamed to Carrion Cross. I guess they don't want the whole killer on the t-shirt, on the on the merchandising. I understand. Oh, just saw a list of people who were also released who are on furlough. Uh, Lance Storm, Hurricane Helms, uh, Sean Devari, David Finley, uh, Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. IRS, Scott Armstrong, Billy Kidman. Those people are, are really on furlough. And there's another person who was released. I believe she was the writer of the Otis and Mandy storyline. And uh, she was released as well. Uh, can't comment too much what happened on AEW this week. Uh, behind on AEW, I will try to get, uh, I will try to get uh, more on top of that uh, for the next episode I do when I cover what happened this week in wrestling um, overall we seem to have a very good r road leading into money in the bank um, just touching back a little bit before another thing that was very controversial in the whole uh, letting people go all those wrestlers and producers and all that WWE was also listed as an essential business in the state of Florida so they got the green light for that, 
and then they release, release all these people. You're doing a great job making yourself look good, Vince. Really, really great job. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. But try to put the positives in here. Um, I'm seeing how probably going to get, like I said before, with uh, Seth Rollins and Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship at uh, Money in the Bank. Um, I would say we could possibly get Aleister Black versus Andrade maybe at Money in the Bank. Maybe Aleister Black is in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Not exactly sure. But uh, one thing's for sure is that no matter how you see everything that's happened, whether you want to support WWE, you don't want to support WWE, that's your choice to make. Me, I'm not supporting WWE. I'm supporting the wrestlers. And I'll for sure support the wrestlers who were released and follow what they're doing and keep up to date on what they are doing. Because there are a lot of great guys in that bunch and girls in that bunch who are really good and really talented and don't deserve what happened to them. Drake Maverick in particular, Gallows and Anderson, Deanna Perazzo, Perazzo. Um, uh, EC3, Eric Young, you know, Sarah Logan, uh, and many more who got who lost their jobs the other day. But all those people are talented. They'll pull back. The, the Rusev, Heath Slater, and all those guys, they'll bounce back from this. Because pro wrestling is alive and well. And even though we are living in a world where this may be a, our new normal, I don't like to think of it as a new normal. It's temporary normal. Because we're not going to live like this forever. We all have to remember that we are going to pull through. We're going to be okay. And we're going to get through this. I uh, A lot of times in this podcast, I don't really like to get very political. But when it comes to this, seemingly I'm always going <laughs> to bring it up because it's affecting everybody. I just want you all to be safe. You know, check in on your loved ones, grandparents, aunts, uncles. If you don't live with your parents, give them a call. Um, reach out to family members that you may have not talked to in a long time. Friends you may have not talked to in a long time. Check up on people and just see how they're doing. I guess I'll end it like that. And I hope you all are staying safe. Uh, that'll do it, I guess, for this week of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining me. Um, I hope you're all staying safe again. Uh, please be sure to listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Anchor.fm. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at TNAWP. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Please go back and listen to the top ten revival dream matches that my friend and I, my friend John Cummings and I did. Uh, looking to get another top ten list coming out pretty soon, and I'll let you all know what that's all about in a bit. Um, again, hope you're all uh, enjoying yourself. Uh, well, not enjoying yourself. Hope you're doing your best with this quarantine. Hope you're all staying safe, staying healthy. Thank you all for listening. For CJ Palmasano, I will see you next time.